The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. The I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. You I need gone. all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah, I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Let's see if I can do this right Good morning Good afternoon Good evening and good night Welcome everybody into the Code of Contact Conduct rather generally As I'm trying to adjust my volume and misspeaking Generally hosted by Jay Spence the King But Jay Spence the King is not going to be with us this evening It is I, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast Uh, Excited to be here with you on Code of Conduct On the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network And uh, yeah, expecting Mookie Hawkins Anytime now, <laughs> literally talked to the dude on the phone like two hours ago. Like, what's how we going? Like eight o'clock. Sounds good, bro. Be there. Um, so it might just be us. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, we'll see how this goes. But it's so good to have everybody uh, joining us, uh, jumping into the comment section and kind of fill up the room. Sarah Larson's in the room. Richard Rush is in the room. So good to have you guys. I'm sure there's a, a bunch of other people. If you're If you're joining us live right now, whether on YouTube, Facebook or Twitter, please make yourself known. Uh, to be honest with you, the best place to take in this episode and any Buffalo Rumblings episode is actually on YouTube because the community there is just so much better 
so much better. But uh, it's good to have everybody with us. It's good to be here, sitting in for Jay Spencer King, my bestie. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a conversation, and we're gonna talk some football, some Bills football. My sister Jamie's in the room. My buddy Daniel Gowries is in the room. It's good to have you too. And I don't even know necessarily where to start, other than probably. Just this concept and this idea, and I would love to know what uh, the people in the comment section feel about this. I, I'm old, right? So I'm old man screaming at the sky. That's that's who I am at this point in time. Um, I'll be 50 in two months. <laughs> so I think I've earned the right to be old guy screaming at the sky. Um, but I don't know where I stand on the announcement that the NFL has made today that uh, all of a sudden... Players can wear the number zero. So let's backtrack. I grew up my whole entire life, as did most of you that are listening to this podcast. Um, and, you know, we we, we had a feel for, uh, especially if you're from Buffalo and you don't watch a whole lot of college football, uh, you had a feel for what the numbers were, who were what, position groups and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden they made a change, right? And Matthew Judon is wearing like single digits and other linebackers and people are wearing single digits and it just kind of throws you off. I was okay with the wide receivers wearing 10 through 20 or 10 through whatever. Uh, but when the, when it went to the defense, it just kind of put me a little sideways. And I remember it being a thing on Twitter for a little bit, which was fun. Um, but zero is just one of those things that I don't know that I can maybe double zero, double zero might be kind of cool, but I'm just not too overly sure on this whole zero thing. So I would love for some of you to comment to me what your thoughts are. You probably don't care. Like I said, old man screaming at the sky. What's up, Daryl Fletcher? Good to have you in the show tonight. But for me, the zero thing is, I just don't know. It's going to, the, apparently kickers can can now wear 90s numbers and i guess that might be kind of cool you see kickers in college wearing like 97 and 99 and stuff like that that might be kind of neat i just have a i have a i have an old man irrational doesn't make sense struggle with the number 0 in any sport i don't know why it just when i see the number 0 i'm like that's just strange sarah agrees with me sarah's like i like 00, zero for linemen Zero is weird. I think that's where I'm at. Daniel Gowry says that, you know, zero, zero Giamato of the Raiders way back when. I remember that. There's something about the double blocko, right? Double blocko probably works, but just single zero. It's like that guy you always see at the stadium that has the circle of the wagons jersey. Like it's the circle of the wagons on the back and then it's just got the O. It just doesn't. If you're in the room listening, I apologize, but I've seen you. And the O looks funny. To me, the O just looks funny. Um, Daniel says uh, the double zero should be for de defensive tackles. Big dudes, right? Big, gigantic dudes should wear double zero. Like monstrous, as Dan, uh, Fred, <laughs> Smoker Freddy likes to say, uh, fat guys. Give me fat guys wearing double zero. I don't need a running back wearing double, like single zero. I don't need a wide receiver wearing single zero. It'll be interesting, interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. And kind of where uh, just it goes this year and who picks it up just on the bills alone. Uh, Naheem Hines was like, what's that? Like, we can wear a zero now. And then Reed Ferguson actually jumped on him and said, too late. I've already claimed it, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. But I, I did get a little bit of a chuckle out of that one. So it'll be it'll be wild to see who ends up going with zero um, and who wants to be zero and who thinks about being zero and who zero looks good on. 
and who zero doesn't necessarily look good on. Uh, but right now I do want to jo- uh, bring into the show, my guy, everybody's guy. What's up, Mookie? How you feeling? What's going on, baby? Uh, yeah, just killing time. <laughs> Waiting for the star. <laughs> <to show up. laughs> Where are you at on the zero thing? It's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't really read too much into it, but I just, you got to scratch your head, shake your head to that one. It's just, I, I mean, other sports do it, right? So I guess it's fine. I think hockey does it. Basketball does it. Um, I'm not sure if baseball does it. I don't know what all sports do it. It's just going to be double zero. And so I think you would agree with where the comment section has been that the double zero on a big dude probably works, right? Single zero is a little strange. Yeah, because it's zero and, and, and double zero. So, you know, Otto Graham used to wear that and right. stuff like that. So. Yeah, right. I don't know. I guess that's just how it is. Since they allowing you know anybody to wear a single digit number now, you know, might as well add another zero into the game, right? Yeah, you heard all the news as well that kickers can wear in the nineties, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that one? Kickers wearing ninety nine, ninety one. They just going super old school with it. I can tell you this. I mean, uh, they're gonna make it hard for the refs. That's the only person that's gonna be really pissed off about it. The referees. Well, they have because they're so used to and custom of. Those separate numbers dignifying something, but now it's just whatever. Right. But it's so they're not I, they're not messing with the offensive linemen yet, right? Because that's the big one, right? Who's tackle eligible? So and they know right. that because a big fat giant dude is standing there next to the left tackle. If he's wearing the wrong number or if he's wearing the right number, then he has to declare. Yeah, they haven't messed with that yet. Was there anything else that was announced about just that jersey change, number change? As I know right now, you know what I mean? Um, but Yep. I mean, other than rumors, <laughs> rumors floating around at twelve thirty in the morning. Well, give us. Some, well, do you have do you have rumors, or you do want to dispel rumors? So you can't you can't just jump in and say something like that and not, and not climb on top of it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess they wanted to put all the smoke out with DeAndre Hopkins and stuff like that, but I, I you know. Yeah, everybody knows that the Bills are the biggest smoke screeners of all time. So I don't I don't think that you just all of a sudden you inquire by a guy and all of a sudden you just don't inquire by him unless Arizona just made the price to, you know too steep. Like right. the price of the brick just went up like that to the point where it's ah forget it, you know. Yeah, yeah. First it was this price, but now you're asking for another price. Maybe, you know, because other teams probably started acquiring. So that's why being Probably didn't want to, you know, put it out there that they're inquiring because certain, you know, I, you look at okay, what 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 do the bills have to offer? Maybe we can sweeten that deal better than what the bills are offering. So you know, Brandon Bean is a bad boy. You know, the bad boys they move in silence. It's it's interesting because even when you look back at what the bills have done in the past, right? So Stephon Diggs, a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke happened. Zach Ertz, a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke didn't happen, right? There was guys that it that it did happen, and then there was guys that it didn't happen. So there's almost a measure of this one could go either way. OBJ, a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke didn't happen. Now, obviously, his health at the end ended up kind of being the the, the stickler at the end of the season last year. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And then the Bills did that. They put that whole thing out last year. It was Brandon Bean, right? And said last year that, you know, sometimes it's just one of our scouts that calls and inquires. Like, I don't even know that they're doing it. So there's that piece, right? Right. 
how and I, I don't know if I can find out how to believe that a scout would reach out to was he reaching out to another scout? <laughs> See, that would that clarify. No, a scout ain't calling a GM and saying, Hey, what do you think about this trade? Or yeah, I think that would probably be the assistant. That would be the Joe Shane of the operation, right? Right, right you think. That I mean, would be a scout, but you know, pro scouts they they work different, but I don't think they, they you know, they second the waters that way. Yeah. So what is your take on the D hop situation? So hypothetically speaking, the bills make a move, whatever it takes, they get him here, whatever the trade looks like, whatever they have to do as far as adding void years to his contract to get his number down. So D hop is a Buffalo bill tomorrow morning, eight o'clock in the morning. What are your thoughts about this team, this wide receiver room versus the way that it is right now? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I, I mean... Don't... The wide receiver room now is solid, but it still don't take the pressure off of Stefan Diggs. Mm. You know, it don't. I mean, unless Georgia is going to get real exotic in the offense and, and and open up the playbook, which he didn't do last year, mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe. So you do need another, you know, wide receiver with some star power. You know, D. Uh, Hopkins or OBJ. You know, they, it gives you that because now it's another guy that. People fear, you know what I mean? Respect mm-hmm. is one thing, but fear is another thing. You know what I mean? And of mm-hmm. course, they're going to respect every football player, every wide receiver that the Bills have. But to fear <laughs> a wide receiver is a different animal. And, you know, teams, cornerbacks, they fear Stefan Diggs. So, I mean, we can double that. But then again, you know, who else on the Bills receiving core strikes fear? A guy like D. Hopkins strikes fear when he's one-on-one. A guy like OBJ strikes fear when he's one-on-one. So you have to go out and get those pieces. If you're trying to make a Super Bowl push, when is it time to make that Super Bowl push? Go invest in your offense. Go get Josh Allen the weapons that he needs. Mm. And, you know, now that takes the pressure off of cover two sale. You can't play cover two sale when I got a DeAndre Hopkins or OBJ out there with Gabe and Diggs. You know, so, I mean, it's funny. you got to go get him a running mate. It's funny what you said just about fear because I don't think that maybe there's some teams that might be a little bit deficient on the backside defensively, but I don't think there's many teams that fear Gabe Davis as the number two. But I think if you bring in a guy, D Hop, right, even in Emmanuel Sanders, like if we replayed that year that that E Sanders was here, when you push Gabe Davis to number three, that's fearful. Like that strikes fear. Like that player in that position brings a level of fear to the defense as far as offensively speaking. I just, I hear there's a big fight, right? And there's a big tussle about Gabe, you know, and we all love Gabe and we all see the talent that's there, but there's guy, there's people that are either, either wholly on the side that he's not a number two. And then there's people that are wholly on the side that he's, that he, that he can be capable of being a number two. And what's funny is every conversation that I've had with people that feel like Gabe can be a number two, begin to give me the excuses and the proper setup for how it has to work or how it has to happen in order for him to like be successful. 
as a number two. And when that happens, I'm like, well, you're just explaining to me how much he's not a number two. If you have to give me reasons and excuses <laughs> to make him a number two, he's probably not a number two. Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, to me, Gates is definitely number two. He was the number one in Central Florida. So you can't go from being a number one in college to all of a sudden just being not at least a number two. Well, I'm he can't have a lot in the NFL. There's guys that are number ones in college and bust out. True, but we weren't saying that when he was catching 98-yard bombs from Josh Allen. You know what I mean? We weren't saying that when he scored 200-some yards of four touchdowns in the AFC championship game. I mean, what happened to where everybody felt that Gabe Davis had a drop off? He did, you know, drop some passes, but every receiver is going to drop some passes. Right. But again, when teams are doubling Stefan Diggs and they know what type of routes your number two runs and you don't change it, then what you want him to do? Fair. You know, totally what fair. do you want Gabe Davis or, or any other receiver at that point when you don't change up the scheme when they double digs? You yeah. keep everything the same. Everybody routes is still the same. You, it's your job to be creative to get these guys freed up. Yeah. And the Bills offense wasn't creative at all to do that. When you look at some of the times where Josh did have to run, it wasn't because that the receivers couldn't get open. It was just that you got seven men. You got seven on four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got, got seven men in coverage and they drop it. They rush in four and seven in coverage against your four. He's got to so go. So nobody's open. He's got to run with the football. He's got to go. You know, so Dorsey, you wasn't creating enough to, you know, find an antidote to what teams did against you defensively in passing situations. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, I, I, I still feel like the question though, is it's just, I think it's a setup. I, I don't, I don't think it's a proper, I don't think it's a fair assessment to say, what about the Gabe Davis that we saw in the AFC championship game? You know, when we had Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley was playing on this team and there was just bigger, bigger threats, bigger tar- Dawson Knox was clearly being used different. And that goes to your comment about Dorsey. I just, from what, and high ankle sprain or not, I just, from what I saw last year out of Gabe, I'm in the shade a little bit about whether or not he can be a true accomplished number two. I'm not saying he can't. I just obviously need to see more. I don't know that I'm willing to take that risk. So I so I was pounding the table last year that the Bills made a big mistake um, in the wide receiver room, going with basically three boundary receivers, one of them being Jay Kumaro, into the season. Like, I thought that was a big miss. And it didn't work out for him. Like, Gabe gets hurt, Kumaro gets hurt. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, John Brown, like, what, find me guys, like, pulling everybody off the bench they can find. Um, I just, uh, I need to see more. So, to me, getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins just changes that whole entire map. That mm-hmm. It changes that whole entire conversation for me. And and I just, I can't even begin to imagine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I can't begin to imagine what D-Hop and, 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 and Diggs would look like together. And then there's the caveat of, well, is Dorsey going to use them right to your point? Right? Is he going to scheme them right? Is he going to get the scheme them open? Is he going to call the play? Because going down the going down the backside of the, the schedule last year, things went sideways for this offense. Everybody knew it, like to the point that Jerry Sullivan was made right. Right? Jerry Sullivan said this doesn't look like a Super Bowl offense, and Josh was like, okay. And then, sure enough, mm-hmm. that offense. It looked like a Super Bowl offense. It didn't look like a Super Bowl offense. It like a playoff offense. What did you see? I mean, you coach, you've played. I mean, you you do this way more than I do. I always love picking your brain. Um, what what did you see out of this offense in the back half of that season last year? Um, no balance. For yeah. One, 
Durant wasn't playing the team, wasn't playing the players to their strong suit, their strong set. Um, sporadic play calling. Mm. We didn't have any bread and butter. Um, we, we didn't, um, again, didn't have balance, didn't run the ball enough. Um, it was just too predictable. We was one-dimensional. We made ourselves one-dimensional, and we were too predictable. And the crazy part about it, we won 14 games. <laughs> but how does yeah one fourteen game and almost could have won them all. Like, yeah, yeah. could have won them all. That's the whole frightening part about this. Like they really could have won them all, but it was the players making plays. It wasn't execution, and that's what something Stefan Diggs talked about when he was like, "You know what? We got the players. We got the team. Mm-hmm. It just come down to, I guess, like." Execution, you know what I mean? But we all know that he wanted to probably say subliminally maybe it was coaching. Yeah. So I'm saying in form, you know what I mean? It was the, the inexperience of your offensive play caller that that led to the Bills' demise. When you look at it, everybody regressed, even Stefan Diggs regressed. Mm-hmm. There's been at times when he wasn't even catching the ball, but he still had over 100 catches. Right, right, right. You know, like he could have broke Megatron's record if, you know, if he was able to be consistent. You know, he wasn't consistent at times. Why? I don't know. Uh, Josh Allen never threw a ball an interception in the red zone in five years until this year and led the league at it. Yeah. Why is that? You know what I mean? Why is he so we, we, he regressed in certain areas? Yeah. Uh, Gabe Davis, I was supposed to have a breakout season, even though he caught more, all his numbers went up. But I guess at times he did regrets. Why? Because he's running the same routes all the damn time. You never switch the guy up. You know, so everybody regrets. Dawson Knox numbers declined, but we know Dawson had a different type of story. Um, so, but when you look at the numbers and everybody want to blame the line, oh, we need to go get a line. You had a 4,000-yard passer mm-hmm. and you had two running backs that averaged over five yards a carry. I had to ask Dorsey. I was like, Dorsey, uh, how do you struggle in short yard situations when you have two running backs that average over five yards a carry? <laughs> you really couldn't answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how is it that you know Josh Allen is fairly accurate when outside of the pocket? Mm-hmm. How come we don't have any design rollouts? Even once when you seen Josh do a design rollout. Not that many times. Mm-mm. You know, why are we not underneath the center, you know, running the ball and setting it up with run action? Because your quarterback is accurate, rolling out on, and he can keep it. Give him the option to do that instead of having these all these divine QB runs for him. You know, be a little bit more creative, you know yeah. what I mean, with the personnel that you got. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was the eyesore for me offensively with the Bills. And Josh Allen, to your point about play action, has also proven that he is adept and dangerous at turning his back to the defense in play action and then coming back and whipping his eyes back around and finding an open guy. We watched him do it mm-hmm. the last two years that Dable was here. So that's actually a really well said thing. Uh, so it came out uh, as well that uh, Sean McDermott, you know, talked about, you know, just that uh, being a quarterback or running quarterback is undefeated when it comes to getting injured and then uh, being doubled down on it. Pretty much, I think it was today, just that, you know, Josh has got to stop running. 
And we've lived in a space for the last five years where the conversation was, we don't want to change Josh Allen from who Josh Allen is. We want Josh to be Josh. And now all of a sudden, head coach and GM sound like they maybe want to change Josh from who Josh is supposed to be. I just don't know that you can. I don't know that. I think one of the big things that you talked about, the regression of the offense, a big regression of the offense last year for me was completely removing Josh Allen from the red zone offense inside of eight yards. The reason that red zone offense was always so incredibly dominant for three, the last three years outside of 2022 was because teams had to worry about Josh Allen inside the 10, just taking it himself. And this past season, it was almost like it was that that play was ripped out of the playbook. We're not Mm -hmm. even going to, we're not even going to consider that play, which then turns into defenses, almost not playing you straight up, playing a little playing you a little more honest than when they're cheating on Josh Allen, right? But you would figure that they would run QB power inside the red zone because teams are gotten dropping seven in coverage. Right. <laughs> they're dropping right. seven in coverage. I mean if you don't take out that play. You know, that's the play you run with Josh. You can't completely say we're just not gonna have no design run plays for Josh. You can't say that. Right. You just can't call them all the time. Like it, it was really a fixture. Your offense was Josh Allen do everything, run the ball, throw the ball, and it didn't have to be that way. Mm. Now, I don't know if they was campaigning for the MVP you know, and all that stuff, but you look at the last game, both of his elbows were bruised up like crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so run game uh, solve all of that. You know, run, 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 run solves all problems. Running the ball solves all problems. And it sets up Josh on bootlegs where he can either run it or throw it. He'll have that option. He'll have a true RPO, old school style in the bootleg play action. Yeah. Let's talk about the run game in a second. Did you hear Matthew Judon's comments on uh, Good Morning Football? Matthew Judon's been on Good Morning Football the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday. Did you hear him talking about Josh Allen and that and that quarterback power? Yeah. Yeah, when he was talking about, like, he's like, don't change it. It works. Why would you change it? Like, we can't stop it. You might as well keep running it. (laughs) Got to keep running that. Like, you know, we got a lot of things to figure out. And year two is going to say a lot. So, you know, that's why I'm hoping that, you know, Dorsey, you would figure that I'm thinking like, okay, since you've been underneath Dorsey, I mean, Dable for the past, what, two, three years, Mm -hmm. you would run just about the same shit that Dable would run. Well, he kind of started the season out doing that, and then it totally turned different. into something else, right? I mean, that Ra- that Rams game off the first three games of the season, even the Dolphins lost. The offense looked completely different than it did the last eight games of the season. And you said the key word: three games. Yeah. After week three, teams got book on you. Mm-hmm. If you don't change, then you know they got you figured out. It was just that the players were just making plays. Like you see, as the season went on. The Bills didn't get any better. They always stayed the same from that Rams game. Mm-hmm. They stayed the same, all the way the same. They never got better with nothing. You know what I mean? They always stayed the same. Yeah. And it caught up to them in the playoffs because now Cincinnati got, not only did y'all play against us for at least 10 minutes, but we got y'all scouted from week one to week 17, mm. you know, with running the same stuff. So we know y'all not going to change it for a little old us. Yep. They're not going to change it. They, they're running five. Why they in the empty in the snow? <laughs> empty in the snow, man. This like, is, seriously. I'm going to, I'm going to ring, I'm going to bring your words back to you because this is the amazing part about this conversation. And we won 14 games. 
<laughs> and we win 14 games. So, we, we trot that defense out there basically for the most part every game and just like what's that telling you? Just go play to football. Me, to me, what they say that what they say back home with that is it wasn't the coaching, it was the talent. It was the talent for sure. What are your thoughts on? Uh, I know we were talking about running backs. What are your thoughts? It's just this is an easy parlay. Uh, McDermott offensively, I'm gonna leave defense out of this. Uh, uh, to me, it was the talent, not the, the, the play yeah. call. What are your thoughts on McDermott calling the plays on defense? I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's okay. There's a lot of head coaches that call plays. So it ain't no big deal. He's been calling the defense. You know, Leslie think- was a figurehead. So my thing is this: now when you know everybody is complaining about get rid of Frazier and all that. Can't point the finger at Frazier now. Nope, nope. You know, it wasn't Frazier in 13 seconds. Frazier mm-hmm. wasn't the one that called timeout and came up with that decision to play off and let him tie the game up. You know, that wasn't Leslie Frazier calling timeout against Miami in the playoffs this mm-hmm. year. Not once, but twice. Twice, yep, yep. That was McDermott doing that. So, but, you know. But you got to wonder, I mean, there's a conversation about aggressiveness, and Leslie was not aggressive. He's never been traditionally aggressive. Whereas I've heard, I'm not a big Eagles fan. I'm not a big Carolina Panthers fan. I've heard that McDermott was more of an aggressive play caller when he was a DC. Can you confirm that? Deny that? Um, I mean, maybe, but you got to look at the pieces that he had in in Carolina. He had Luke Keekley for one. Right. I he had Starla Toilet Paper, where Starla Toilet lay before it became Starla Toilet Paper <laughs> in his prime. Um, I mean, he had Thomas Davis and Shaq Thompson. Those were his. Those was his. Tremaine Edmonds, right? Uh, Milano and 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 Taryn Johnson. Shaq Thompson was 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 Clint was the nickel really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was the hybrid, right? So I mean, it's a different team, you know, a way different team. Yeah. So we're gonna see. We definitely gonna see this year because you can't say it was Leslie Frazier, you know, having these guys play off and. And, and and non-aggressive, mm. you know. So we gonna we definitely gonna see. Are they gonna blitz this year? You know, are they gonna have still that same soft box seventy five percent of the time? Everybody knows the Bills had a soft box seventy five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't change that up. You don't blitz. You lose. You lose Von Miller. So what do you do to compensate that? You don't blitz at all. You still stay the same without Von Miller. So this is the same defensive line you had out there. That made you go get Von Miller in the first place. Right. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't compensate that by sending an extra guy. What are we doing? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I don't know what that answer is when you ask me what we're doing. I honestly don't know, but I'd love to see some changes. I'd like to see less rotation in the defensive line. I've said for three years straight that this is a luxury that the Bills can't afford to keep doing, and they somehow keep affording to do, putting more money in the defensive (laughs) line and rotating guys at 68 to 72%, or no, 52 to 60%, or whatever the number is, 48 to 55, I don't know. A ridiculous amount of rotation. I'd like to see guys just play. And it seems like in a cap year like like this, this is the year where they're going to have to pull that back. And as soon as I say that, they're going to go out this week and pick up, you know, Jordan Phillips again, pick up Shaq Lawson again, and be rolling seven guys, nine guys across that defensive line. 
I don't know, man. I, they, they need to do something. They, they need to figure something out that is not just, it seemed like it, it just seemed like it got to the point where there was some film study. We're going to see what tendencies teams have, but we're just going to play our defense. Our defense is good. Our scheme is good. And we're not going to try to take anything away from teams, right? When you look at, and I, and I hammered this during the season too, when you look at what the 49ers did to the, to the Miami Dolphins, and then, and then the Dolphins go to the Chargers in prime time. And the Dolphins got completely dismantled and obliterated on offense by the Chargers, basically capitalizing on what the 49ers did to them. And then they roll into Buffalo. And what does Buffalo do? Nickel 4-2. And they put, what, 30 points on us? And it, that that's the, they won. And it's like, yeah, but we won. Yeah, but you, you probably could have won 35 to 4. <laughs> or not 4, but seven you know what i'm saying like i just that's the part that gets me is just that that whole hubris right that whole arrogance behind that defense and it's going to have to change more than likely depending on who ends up being the middle linebacker with with edmonds gone it's going to have to change you would think oh you're definitely gonna have to change i mean are we going to have two linebackers light in the ass plan and then inside you know i mean we gotta have somebody with you know either seasoned a seasoned vet or you got to go get you you know a linebacker with some size 6'3 240 at least you got to you got to bring a guy in like that because Matt Milano it's like one he's what 225 at best you know 6'2 6'1 you know 225 he can't be you know Tremaine Edmonds had a hard time shedding blocks with big guys getting up on him so Imagine that getting up on Tyrell Dobson or Tyrell Bernard. Yeah, yep. That's not so, good. That's funny. Uh, AK Cash literally just jumped in with a, with a comment for what I was about to say. Uh, dude, I'm going to say it. I would rather roll with the guys we have than waste a first on Jack Campbell. I was literally just going to say, tell us. I know you, you're a draft, Nick. Tell us about Jack Campbell. I like Jack Campbell, but I don't think Jack Campbell is coming off the board in the first round. Um, Jack Campbell is anywhere between mid second to mid third. They've got, they've got him slotted late one, don't they? Late first. And it depends on who really loves him like that. I don't think that he's. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. Think, I don't. I don't really see too many linebackers. You know, that's in this year's draft that should be going in the first round. I mean, let's see an edge rusher type guy, but interior. I don't really see a linebacker that's worthy of a first round status. So maybe they, late, maybe late, maybe late. If they trade, if they trade out of first, right, and they uh, drop back to I don't even know, pick uh, forty eight or fifty, and they take Jack Campbell there. I'm just more lo- looking for an assessment from you. Can Jack Campbell come in and plug this defense? He's not going to be Tremaine Edmonds necessarily, but is he going to be a player that can play inside this defense and, and hold that position? Yeah, Jack Campbell is a guy that definitely can come in and play. Um, he's 6'5", 245. Uh, he, he, he likes to play downhill. Mm. Uh, you know, he's a tough guy. You know, you know the Dermot lives on Iowa guys anyway, you know. So uh, he definitely can come in, but I think it would be a reach if we take him at pick 27. Yeah. Uh, if, if you feel that mm. he's your guy, then maybe you want to trade up in a second to go get him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I got other plans for Bills at pick 27. What is your thought? Are, we allowed, are you allowed to give it up? Yeah. I saw my, I did my, 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 my one point on mic is out right now. Okay. You go check that out. Uh, I got Darnell Washington. Mm. I think the Bills need to go, you know, go grab tight end, you know, with that, with that move. Um, 
last year around this time, you know, they picked up OJ Howard. So mm-hmm. if you were bringing in a guy like OJ Howard, knowing that you just resigned Dawson Knox to big time money, obviously you, you're trying to run 12 personnel, mm-hmm. you know, but it just didn't work for some reason with OJ Howard. But when you saw um, preseason and training camp, it looked pretty damn good to me. You know what I mean? I mean, OJ Howard still had really had to come back from injury. You know, I right. think he had Achilles. ruptured his Achilles. Achilles. But I, I thought he played well in training camp and, 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 and in preseason enough to make the roster, but he didn't make the roster. And that's why you, you the plays look totally different. When you go and look at, um, when you look at preseason and training camp, the plays are totally different. Yeah. You know? So I'm guessing that maybe they missed that blocking guy, that blocking number two tight end to fit Dorsey's scheme. Go get him in down there, Washington at 27. Yeah. He's everything that you need to get the job done. He's going to help your run game. Uh, he's definitely going to help your passing game because now instead of 68 reporting eligible, you got a legitimate tight end out there that can release out to the flats. He, got him, he can spread out. He's a mismatch problem for you inside the red, definitely, whether you run or pass. Yeah. So I'll say Darnell Washington would be my pick. Not the sexiest, but he can be an impact in both phases of the run and pass. Mm. It's something that the Bills desperately need. 27 overall, huh? Tight end. That's not a, what, uh, a George Kittle, not a Rob, Rob Gronkowski, not a guy like that? Um, He gives me Gronkowski traits. He's 6'7", 270, runs a 4'6". Right. At some point, he can develop into a grunt. All right, sir. He can develop for you. Uh, he can, he, I mean, he can easily be a Gronk, you know, mm. with those type of um, abilities. Gotcha. But right now, it's a guy that loves the block. He's comparing himself to Mercedes Lewis, mm. <laughs> you mm. know, so he can be anywhere between, I guess, a Mercedes Lewis and a Gronkowski. Once you start <laughs> developing, you know, running routes and, you know, how to release and stuff like that on a pro level. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, you know, he's a freak. You saw what he did at the combine, one hand snag and shit. You know, like, go get that guy. Go get that guy. Get a playmaker. Get an offensive playmaker, a weapon for Josh Allen that can block. Blocking has been an incredibly big problem. John Fina talk, talked about it. Well, he's talked about it every week for the last couple of years. We've done the show, the Off Tackle with John Fina show, that it's not as much as we love to blame Spencer Brown, as much as we love to blame you know, Deion Dawkins and some of the guards and stuff that, you know, he was big on the fact that, you know, the the wide receivers on this team have struggled blocking at times. The running backs have struggled blocking at times. Mm -hmm. The tight ends have struggled blocking at times. So yeah, to go get a guy, I don't, I don't mind that idea at all. As long as he's an impact player, I think what the bills can't afford to do. And Jay Spence has talked about this a lot. The bills can't afford to miss. Like they've, they've had the luxury of, drafting project guys and high upside guys and not reaching for guys over the last couple of years, but they've had the luxury to not necessarily need plug and play guys right now. Basically what the chiefs did last year, seven dudes that they drafted rookies played in the super bowl. The bills are in that space. The bills, the bills have to hit on draft picks. What four, five of them in this draft. Yeah. They definitely have to hit on at least four. They got six draft picks right now. So they at least have to hit on four of them. Uh, those guys need to come in and make an immediate impact, but we don't know who those guys are. <laughs> we'll find but out. Tight end, definitely need a linebacker if you don't go get one. Um, now that you see that they brought Tyler Rapp in, so it's really, you know, they, they may go safety, but they may go safety later on. 
they may want to go ahead and draft another tackle. Uh, you got Questenberry on a one-year deal, but you probably still want to get another another book in there. Well, if you can Doyle, try to develop. Tommy Doyle's coming back too, right? So I mean, Tommy Doyle had the PCL. Was it PCL or an ACL? Uh, I think it was the PC. Yeah, so he so he's coming back, and all the talk last year in training camp before he got hurt was that there was an, a thought that they were going to move him to guard. And I remember right. somebody having a conversation with Cromer about that, like, can you move a guy that big to guard? And Cromer's answer was, why not? <laughs> I like that idea, you know, a six six seven six eight guard. I mean, why not? You could do that. I think the Eagles did that with Malaga. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah, you're right. They did do that with Malaga. So. Yeah, I, I see that, but you don't have another backup to Dion. He's the only backup, and then you don't know how he's going to come off that injury. You got Questenberry, who's serviceable, but I think for competition reasons, yeah, they might still want to entertain, you know, picking up another uh, another lineman. Yeah, figure something out. They got to keep Josh Allen clean. It's it's interesting because when he trusts the guys in front of him. He's a completely different player. And you talked about regression. And last year, there were times where we saw him in certain games, not every game, but he was looking down at the rush, like snap of the ball, looking at the rush versus looking at the coverage, which I think affected his play. But they've, they've got to do something to keep him keep, keep him clean. Let's transition to, uh, to running back. So Naheem Hines, James Cook, and I'm going to go first, and then obviously Damian Harris. Damian Harris on this football team, Thank God he's not a Patriot, right? That's the first thing for me. Like, <laughs> guy that I cannot stand playing. I can't stand playing any Patriot running back. But Damian Harris, you know, it just – I remember uh, Bar- Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis' first game as a rookie. It was, open, it was the opening day of the season. He was a rookie. And do you remember that game? He just ran all over us. Like, we just couldn't – he was running over guys. It was just ridiculous. And Damian Harris has just always kind of had that hammer feel to him. Glad to have him – Three to four yard guy, great vision, good patience. Bruiser kind of a running back, but he can he can obviously play. You know, I have wanted Naheem Hines for a couple of years now. So when we got him, I was elated. A little upset that we didn't use him more, but I expect to see him more as a running back this year. But the guy that I'm excited about is James Cook. James Cook came onto this team last year, right? Drafted onto this team. Inch taller than his brother, 10 pounds lighter. Who knows what he's going to come in at this year. But Dalvin is not a big guy. Like when you look at Dalvin's frame and Dalvin's structure, Dalvin and James look similar in football clothes in their in their pads. Mm-hmm. I think James can be a, a number one back if you spell him correctly. I loved seeing his progress through the year last year. I loved seeing him go from being a little erratic, looking for defensive players when he should be doing other things, but concentrating on the football to literally towards the end of the season being patient, setting up his blocks being determined in his cuts, knowing when he wanted to cut and go. Like I, the transition we saw of James Cook from week, whatever it was, one to two to the end of the season, to me was something worth being excited for. Of those running backs, though, who are you most excited about? Who do you think has got the top spot? Who are you excited about? Well, Cook is, 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 is RB1 right now. I mean, you, you can't give it to Damian Harris. He just got there. Again, Naeem Hines. He, uh, you know, he didn't get to have too many plays mm-hmm. last year. You know what I mean? So right now, Cook is definitely RB one, and you know that's a good thing because now we got, we got, we got, we got explosiveness, we got power, we got, we got, we got speed, we got speed out of all three backs. Mm-hmm. You know, but they all do different things well. You know, right. so more touches for James Cook. 
which means it should be more touchdowns and, you know, more more breakaway. He has that breakaway speed. Devin Singletary didn't have breakaway speed. Mm. You know, he, he was shifty, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really going to outrun too many people. Uh, James Cook is a, is a game breaker. Uh, right. He gets the ball. If he presses that hole and it's one-on-one second level and that guy missed, then it's off to the races. I mean, we've seen that so many times. You know, when you average down near six yards a carry, and you got like, what do you have, what, 89 carries for 500 things? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he those stats on is like, why the hell I didn't run this dude more? You know, so <laughs> he'll get that opportunity this year. And if he can duplicate, you know, that yards per carry, then, you know, the Bills are definitely going to be explosive with the run. So why the hell didn't I run this dude more? Why didn't I get Dawson Knox involved more? Why did I stop getting Stefan Diggs involved at the end of the season? Like, there's a lot of why didn't I kind of happen. Mm-hmm. On song. Why and didn't I run play, wasn't play, run play action more, right? And, so. and guess what? <laughs> he won 14 games. <laughs> he won 14 games. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. It's so, it, it's, yeah, there's, they're still a good football team. So I'd love to see him sign Calais Campbell. I'd love to see him get D Hop and Calais Campbell in here. I think that to me vaults us right back up to like Super Bowl conversations. Oh, that definitely that's Super Bowl of bus. When you get right. we we draft D Hop, right? I mean, if we if we trade for D Hop mm-hmm. and then we draft Darnell Washington. Right, right, right. Like, I mean, then it's still a possibility that OBJ might want to come. Remember it's perfect timing, right? Perfect we, timing. We need a slot guy. Uh, yeah, perfect just, timing. You know, you, perfect time. Go get both of them. I know people's like, ah, they don't think they're gonna get both. They don't need both. And there's too many, too many uh, 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 divas or whatever you want to wear. Too many alphas and all that. When it, I think it's possible. I think yeah. it is possible. But again, if you do do that, if you trade for Ehop and say, okay, we trading for Ed Oliver. If you, I still feel there's a possibility that if you bring D Hop in, what are you going to do with Gabe Davis? You're going to have to move Gabe Davis. Uh, I don't think you move him. I think he sticks for one more year and his contract's up and he's gone. His contract is up this year. This is his yeah, right. Year. Right. This one more. Yeah. He's got one more year with him. Right. So we're going to let Gabe walk too? At the end of the I, I think right now you let Gabe walk regardless. Right. Walk when you could, you know, if it's, we, we, I'm talking business. I love Gabe. That's my guy. Yeah. But if if we talk in business, I can't let him work. If if we're talking business, if you get D Hop, especially if you don't get D Hop, I'm still in the draft a, a wide receiver. If Gabe Davis, who had a what was it a 48 percent drop rate this past season, if Gabe Davis comes in and catches 80 passes, 75 passes, and gets near a thousand yards or over a thousand yards, he's getting Christian Kirk money. I'm not paying Gabe Davis Christian Kirk money. Exactly. So you got to move him now. <laughs> you got to move him now, or you're going to allow another guy to walk that you draft. Don't get nothing for him. <sighs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's the business side now. You know, the business. You got to put the personal business aside, and we got to go with the business. We Are we thinking like it's a business now? Learning from Tremaine Emmons. I asked Brandon Bean, did this experience, how do you approach – Gabe and, you know, Ed Oliver situation now that we just let Edmonds just walk out of there. Walk, walk out our lives. <laughs> 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 Tremaine just walk right out of their lives, man. First round pick. 
Yes. 17th like, overall, why, right? 16. 16 overall, yep. Why did we do that? Like, that doesn't that make any sense. So we just let him walk. And we're about to do the same thing with Ed Oliver because you know you're not going to pay Ed Oliver $15 million well, that's, next year. That's year. a great place to start. Are you paying Ed Oliver 10.7 this year? I'm not paying Ed Oliver 10.7 this year. That's why you probably package him up for DeAndre because the money will probably match at some point at 10.7. And, you know, they're restructuring DeAndre's deal. Uh, you know, they're going to eat some of that cash and they're going to make some happen. You know, and that's the thing about it. The Bills don't have, you know, that flexibility financially where they could make it match that way. They can make it match if they move a guy like Ed Oliver, mm. you know. Um, and then, hey, you probably could trade Gabe for some draft picks and then you have, you know, go bring OBJ in. That's all, this is the possibility that that happening, you know. You gotta move. You got Gabe. You gotta move Gabe Davis in order for uh, OBJ, uh, D. Hopkins, Dig mm. type of deal. You gotta move him. I mean, hell, maybe not. You maybe you still can get off four, but I don't think you know. That's I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that would, would happen. But I think if if that was to happen like that, then you part ways with Gabe and you part ways with Ed because you know you're not gonna have the money to resign them. And, you know, that's the situation that Bills put themselves in. You know, I mean, Gabe's going to want anywhere between 12 to 14 million next year, regardless. If he has 45 catches next year, 50 catches, 800 yards, eight touchdowns again, he's still going to, you know, like you said, Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk got 18 million. That's right. So if he, if, if Gabe Davis had 50 catches, 850 yards, and eight touchdowns next year, then he's going to his asset value is going to be twelve to fourteen million, and the Bills is not going to have that money again because they're going to be over the salary cap again next year, and then they're not going to have money to pay Gabe, and we're going to have to wait to the, the, the shittiest team in the NFL who got all the money sign Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis is going to go and get his back. Can't can't tell somebody not to go get Dave back. He's going to go get his back. What they need to do is they need to get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in here, allow Gabe to walk and call Mike Tomlin because that dude's got a thing for drafting wide receivers and ask him who's good <laughs> and draft a wide receiver <laughs> later, right? Somebody that can play. Um, thoughts on Sh Khalil Shakir? Khalil Shakir right now in Bill's Mafia Twitter is Robert Foster. Remember Robert Foster? Like everybody thought that he was good. At, he, oh, Robert Foster's the number one. Like he's the guy, he's, oh, he's this, he's that. He's all, I mean, he was the Robert Foster hype was greater than the Duke Williams hype for a while. What are your thoughts on Khalil Shakir? Because right now he kind of has that feeling amongst the mafia that he's the answer. Mm, I wouldn't say Khalil Shakir is uh, Robert Foster. Um, he only thing that he doesn't have over Robert Foster is the speed. No, I meant the vibe, the vibe, the vibe of the fans, that people like the way that they believed in Robert Foster – they believe in Khalil Shakir the same way. Does that make sense? <laughs> not that he, not that they're similar at all. They're not similar players. That's yeah. That's not where I was going with that. Sorry about that. I guess you can. I mean, he had a solid rookie season. If you ask me, he just wasn't. Again, he wasn't really used mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> so, and you got to look at that too. Like, damn, Khalil Shakir, he was out there, made some good. He made some some clutch catches for yeah. you know yeah. the Bills. Wasn't used enough. No. So again, not using, not understanding your personnel and playing them to their strong suits. Why do you got them out there? Like, again, the inexperience of the play caller 
that was the that was the regression of the Bills offense. Other than that, you got playmakers all over the place, including your quarterback. Yeah. Last yeah. thing, last thing, and we're gonna get out of here in a minute. Um not Bills related. So there's there's people, camps, there's a camp out there talking about over the last couple of days how Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes that their deals ruined the market. Yeah, I saw that. Lamar Jackson. Uh Richard Sherman. No, um, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, I ain't Josh Allen thought that, you know, the team believed in him to pay him. Ain't Patrick Mahomes thought that the team believed in him enough to pay him. Right. You know, so you can't say you blaming Josh. Like, I mean, Deshaun Watson got more money than Josh Allen. You gonna blame Deshaun Watson too? Deshaun Watson ain't playing two years and got two hundred million guaranteed. Right, two hundred forty-eight. Was it 248 or 238? To me, that's the contract that ruined it for Lamar because it changed his mindset for what he felt he was, he had earned. To me, the biggest mistake made, and you're in this business to a point, was Lamar Jackson not having representation and basically allowing the Ravens to franchise tag him over and over and over again versus being like two years ago, this is enough. We're not doing this again, right? You either sign me or I'm out of here. Like, get rid of me. I just, it's it's hard for me. Like, the kid is so good. <laughs> he's such a good football player. Clearly, he's had some injury issues recently in the last couple of years. But he's going to go somewhere and get money. Do they, Can they move him? Do they move him? So, I'm going to give two first well, rounds. Three he, gave first him rounds. Not, he, got a, he got a non-exclusive. So, that's like, okay, basically go find somebody, a trade partner. Go find us two first-round picks. Right, right. When you get out here, right. You know, I mean, the Ravens knew what they were doing. They they ask around what was Lamar's market. You know, they sit down at the combine. They talk to other general managers about how they feel about the situation, and would you, you know, make a trade for him or whatever. You know, they knew this. That's why they put the non-exclusive tag on him. Right. If right. they were to put the exclusive tag on him, then they knew that they he had a he had a buyer out there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why they went non-exclusive to say, okay, Lamar, we're going to let you basically talk to every team in the NFL if you want to to see if you're going to get 200 or something more what you're asking for. And it's just it's, it's to a point right now where everybody pretty much has their franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So you're just lucky to draw this year that you know, quarterbacks really isn't in demand this year with a team who has that type of money to you know go get you yeah and you know so it's like okay where he's gonna go san fran maybe yeah brock purdy's the guy out there and they got trey lance behind him like i i thought brock purdy was a gamer like that dude throwing into tight windows like mm-hmm. that dude can play football i was impressed true, true. i get that but you you, you trade trey lance because that's the first round that's what number two overall pick so he might you know, match up with one of those first round picks. So you give up your give up Trey Lance, you give up a first for next year, right? And right. maybe a second round pick. You know, what I mean, for for Lamar Jackson. I can't imagine him not being a Baltimore. No, no. Crazy. So I lied. We do have one more topic that I want to bring up, and it was actually your topic, which is the NFL draft first overall. So I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to kind of give you, and we talked a little bit about this today, but uh, yeah, as far as the NFL draft goes, first overall pick, Where? what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Uh, 
the Panthers are going to stay there? They're going to move out? People are speculating that they might move out. Possibly they can move out, but you don't you don't move up to trade out. <laughs> Not number one overall, unless somebody just going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Right, right. You know, when you move up, that means you got your eye on your guy, and you know you. That's why you. That's why you moving up because you know who your guy is, and I got the first pick. I'm just gonna go grab my guy because he's my guy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what everybody saw what Anthony Richardson did at the combine. He really showed out. Yes, he did. PJ Stroud performed well. Uh, Bryce Young, he you know he just did the you know the mental portion of it. He didn't uh, do anything physical. He waited for his pro day to do that. Did well. Um, Levis, I think he did well, but I think he comes in at four. Really? I think he's four on that list. Um, but number one overall. I'm gonna say Bryce Young. Really? I think Bryce Young is gonna be still be the 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 first round pick. Cause sometimes when again a team trade up, move up, that means that somebody just fell in love with this guy. And I think that it's somebody either is the, the somebody on our offensive side, is Frank Wright or Josh McCown or Jim Caldwell, you know, just fell in love with that guy. Somebody fell in love with that guy. And, you know, I think it's going to be Bryce Young. Uh, I know everybody talk about his size and his weight. I was just going to say, haven't we gone down this road, whether it's mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, you know, jury's still out on Kyler, Johnny Manziel, like short gamer dude that has all the intangibles, but he just doesn't have the size. I just feel like we've, we've gone down this road a lot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was a toss-up between him and CJ, but – when you look at Ohio State quarterbacks, right? Talk about how it. Many, how many Ohio State quarterbacks even made it to a Pro Bowl that you know? Well, how many? How many? How many work out in the NFL? Going back to Troy Smith, when I moved right. to Columbus, Ohio, it was when right. Troy Smith was the quarterback, and like I would get in arguments with people, and I'm sitting there going, Troy Smith is not an NFL quarterback, and they would like it would infuriate Buckeye fans. <laughs> and sure enough, he goes to the pros, and C.J. Stroud is a different type of thrower, obviously, than a lot of those other guys mm-hmm. at Ohio State. He's very smooth, very adept. I think, I, I literally think when I go through my brain and I just kind of look at boards and I can't get away from Will Levis and I can't get away from Frank Reich being there on his shoulder and giving him the honey, I love you eyes at his pro day. Like Frank Reich was right there with him the whole time. I just feel like I, Reich has a has a always will have a connection back to Buffalo. I think Reich being a quarterback feels like he can probably talk to that guy, right? And I think there's and we talked about this on the phone today. I just feel like people are searching for the next Josh Allen. They feel like it's it's the not the Josh Allen leap, but kind of like the Josh Allen leap. Like let's go find us a really big guy with a really huge arm that's really athletic that can do things that nobody else can do, and let's turn him into Josh Allen. I just and you 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 had the comment of the day when I said that to you. What you, do you remember what you said? Well, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh Allen? Yeah, come on, man. Like, we don't need no... He's not Josh Allen. It's never, it would never be another Josh Allen. It's not Josh you know I mean, people didn't... Now, you know, now he's being compared to as you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league when you know, a lot of people, like you said, didn't think that he should have went seventh overall. Right. Now, you know, he's the comparison. He's the prototype. Right. right. Will Lewis is, is not a Josh Allen. He doesn't, first of all, he don't have the heart of a Josh Allen. 
he don't have the work ethic of a Josh Allen. Um, I don't see him really working on his game the way Josh Allen worked on his game to fix his accuracy. Mm. I mean, you look at the measurables. Yeah, the measurables are there. But will he bust his ass the way Josh Allen bust his ass? You know, I, I don't think he he don't have enough. I don't I don't see that dog in Will than I see in Josh. Yeah, I agree. You know, the measurables are there again, but I don't I, I don't I don't I just don't see him. I mean, when I saw him throw, I mean, in, in at the combine, his first pass, like it was like a like a shot put. I'm like, oh, what type of what was that? Like, you know, did he got going? But it was like. Nothing really like wowed me about him, you know. He was nothing really wowed me. I know he got it together at his pro day, mm-hmm. but when it's time to compete, that you out there competing, he didn't. He was four on my list, so that's why I say I, he did. I, he did. He didn't outperform Anthony Richardson. He mm-hmm. didn't outperform C.J. Stroud. I and agree. Then, you know, we all know Bryce came in already as the number one overall pick. So yeah. I think that Bryce. Holds, holds, holds down that number one spot. It no. could be CJ Stroud, but I'm still going to go with Bryce. I agree with you on all your points on Will Levis, by the way. I just, how often are we like, oh, on the first pick, right? <laughs> it's like, that's where they went. Okay, that's where they went. I just feel like teams fall in love with the guy, and that's just where they end up going. But we'll yeah. see. We'll this see. Second now, this is the first time that Frank Wright and those guys will be drafting a quarterback. He always went to veteran route and his ass got fired you see how that worked out for him so he got to go draft him a quarterback that he can develop so you better choose right this is the first time i'm ever choosing a quarterback yep. you know so he just got to choose right you can't choose a baker mayfield <laughs> you can't choose that you know so well, i just think that uh young can can make all the throws yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Code of Conduct on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Special guest for this episode, well, me and you, uh, Mookie <laughs> Hawkins. Mookie, tell everybody where they can find you. Everybody loves you, Mookie. Tell everybody. I know they know, but we're going to have you tell everybody anyway. Hey, man, y'all can catch me at Power 96.5 FM mm. Radio right there in Buffalo. Uh, you can always can check me out on the fan base network. You can always check me out right here on Twitter at Wuffo Sports, W-U-F-O sports facebook instagram awesome and my name is joe miller and uh you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired and it uh was uh i miss jay spence i wish he was here with us this would have been even more fun than the fun that we had but uh mookie appreciate you hanging out with me and uh and doing and uh, agreeing to 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 sidecar with me this was uh fun so any final thoughts go bills go bills Code of conduct. <laughs>